Do you believe that we serve a God who is good, who has never failed us? Yes. Wow. You guys may be seated. Oh, man, that was such a beautiful moment. And I don't want us to lose that. Um, that moment of uh, just the presence of God is so, so real, y'all. And um, Welcome. I'm so glad that you guys are here. If you're new, my name is Brian, and I get the honor and the privilege to lead this awesome ministry. So if this is your first time, I hope that you know that you belong. And regardless to where you are in life, I hope that you know that, that um, we care about you and that we're so glad that you're here with us. Can we give the worship band such a a hand just because they're just Nathan just gets uh, in a way and just allows us to to go into the presence of God in such a way that just blesses my heart uh, I'm going to jump into the word of God tonight Are you guys ready say I'm ready. I'm ready come on one more time say I'm ready, I'm ready. Uh, as, I, as I began to um to think about what to share with you guys tonight um it's been a while it's been a couple of weeks since I preached so I was just, um, me and Kirsty had a great time at the beach a couple of weeks ago, um, and I began to kind of like, she was like, you know, you're about to preach here, and you're about to get a little break throughout the summer, you know, we have awesome line of speakers coming up your way, and, um, but she was asking me, she said, what are you going to preach about? And I was just like, I, I really haven't thought about it. And um, as I began to ask the Lord, you know, I had the beautiful moment at the beach. Anybody loves the beach? I, I mean, take me to the beach any single time. Mountains? No, I'm not a big mountain guy, but the beach is always like, there's something about the ocean that just connects me in a way to God, that, you know. And so I was sitting up there, and I was watching my kids play. It was just literally the four of us. It was later that night, and I was just, I was just thanking God, and I was just like, God, and I, I, for some reason, I looked back. Uh, a year. So for a year, I was just like, man, thank you. And I began to thank God just for everything that has happened. And if you don't know uh, what happened a year ago, actually it was last Wednesday that um, uh, we, uh, we celebrated. I say celebrated, but it was a year ago where my father, my hero, passed. And he went to be with the Lord Jesus. And um, it's crazy because in this time, at this moment, last year, I was in Peru, and it was one of the hardest things in my life. It was one of the hardest seasons in my life in a way that I cannot describe it with words. There is not this, the words. If you lost somebody, you know that there's literally no words to describe what the feeling is of losing somebody so close to you. And I began to think, I was like, man, in the year, and, and, I, and I leaned on to Kirsten, I was like, I got it. I was like, what are you going to, you say, well, you got what? Like, I got what I want to share to them in a couple of weeks. And she was like, what are you going to share? I was like, I'm going to share with them what I have learned from the last year of me grieving the death of my father. And, and I know you're like, oh, my gosh, is this going to be depressing? And I was like, no, it's not going to be depressing. But I hope and my, 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 my heart behind it all is so that I can encourage you. Because at some point in your life, you will face something that is going to challenge the deepest course of your belief. So we, we can sit here where everything is going right, where everything is going perfect, and we can be like, the Lord bless you and keep you. But it, I don't know about you, but if you have faced something that has literally challenged your own beliefs, it will be hard to change, to say, the Lord bless, really, is he, is he going to though? Is he? 
easy and you're going to question the deepest core. So my, 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 the purpose of my message tonight is so that I can prepare your heart. Whenever you face a challenge circumstances, that instead of taking you out, it will put you right in. And that is the deepest desire of my heart as I share this message. Because listen, when you face, anybody has faced any challenging circumstances before, any challenging situations, if you don't raise your hand, you're either lying or, or let me just break it to you, uh, you will face it. So we have to be prepared. Because, yes, like what Nathan says, it perfectly aligns. And, and, I, and I was talking to Miss Alicia earlier, and, and then she was telling me a little bit about what, what they're discussing in Bible study. And let me just tell you uh, right up front, if you're not going to Bible study, you need to go to Bible study. If you're like, I, I need to grow, Brian, I, I have conversations with you guys all the time. I need to grow, I need to grow. And we're making opportunities for you guys to grow, so you've got to make sure you get plugged. So if you are not part of Bible study and you want to be a part of Bible study, holler at Miss Alicia. There's Miss Alicia and Mr. Gary out there. Every Thursday at 6 p.m. right at the main church, okay? So they're like, they're literally, if you went to Bible study, you know exactly what I'm talking about. And Nathan literally just gave it away too. So I don't have to preach it, but she, he already gave it away. Anyways, I'm going to run through it because they have put the time very big for me to go through. Um, but let me ask you a question. Has there been a point in your life where you pray and it, it didn't seem or didn't feel like God was listening? Anybody? You can be honest at church, Okay. You were waiting and waiting, and it seemed like God was literally like, you're not cooperating, God. Like, literally, where are you, right? So many of you guys say you have dealt with that before, and, uh, um, and, and for you taking notes, this is my main point for tonight, all right? If you're taking notes, just write, down the, write this down. It says, just because God is silent does not mean he's absent. That, okay, I just gave it to you, okay? The whole point of my message tonight, just right there. So you can go back to Instagram and be fine. But... If you want to keep paying attention, just th that is basically it. Even if when you feel just because God is silent does not mean he's not there. And this is one of the biggest lessons I have learned the last year. Because in, in, in my deepest sorrow, in the, in the moments where, where, where I felt like just giving up, God was there. Even when it, it seemed that he was so silent, man, his presence was there. Just because you may not hear him does not mean that he does not hear you. Just because you do not feel his presence does not mean that he is not with you. Just because he is silent does not mean he's absent. And to illustrate, I really want to just go through very quickly through, through, um, through the life of, of this guy named John the Baptist. Anybody heard John the Baptist before? Nathan literally just mentioned him a minute ago. But you, does anybody know who John the Baptist is? Perfect. And, 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 and let me tell you something, okay? I'm going to pick up literally by the, at, the, at the, end of, the end of the life of John the Baptist. And this story is one of the most challenging stories in the Bible. This story does not end the way we think it's going to end. And, uh, I, and I want to look at his life. And if you don't know much about John the Baptist, I'll give you a recap a little bit. He was Jesus' cousin, okay? And the guy was one of the most radical dudes in the Bible. He was a prophet. Like, he was crazy. You think you're crazy? He was crazy. And he wore animal skins. And, and he ate locusts and honey, wild honey. That's all he ate. Oh, are you okay back there? Yeah, good. And he was really popular with a common person because he didn't take anything of, of anybody. In fact, that it was that very attitude of standing for the truth and no matter what, that got him in trouble. He was one of the guys that was like, this is what I believe and I don't care what you believe. 
And if you, if, you, if you dare to believe what I don't believe, then I'm going to stand for what I believe. And it was that very same attitude just got him in trouble. I mean, just, just tell you straight up. And, and, and um, in standing for the truth, and what I want to do today, I want to give you a little backstory, and then I want to actually read out some scripture uh, for us to kind of catch up. But there's this king at the time. His name is um, Herod Antipas, and he was married, okay? He was married. King Herod was married. And, and, and literally, all of a sudden, he started to be interested on his brother's wife. Think about that for a second. There's this kid, Herod of Antipas, and then all of a sudden, he's like, um, she's kind of cute. And then she's like, you're kind of cute. So King Herod, what he, he does is like divorces his wife and goes after his brother's wife. Scandal, isn't it? Could you imagine if that happens nowadays? It will be huge like you will see in TMZ, everything, everywhere, right? I mean, like crazy, right? And what happens, he divorces his wife, and then he gets his brother's wife, and now they get married. Gosh. So Job the Baptist was all over their business because of this very same thing. He was preaching to them saying, this is not right. What y'all are doing is not right. And guess what? They didn't like it. And more dangerous, guess what? She didn't like that. And I don't know about you guys, but if she does not like it, she don't like it. You know what I'm saying? If Kirsty does not like something, guess what? We don't all like it. You know what I'm saying? If the girl, the woman of the house does not like Chick-fil-A, guess what we're not going to eat? Chick-fil-A? I'm, she loves Chick-fil-A, okay? <laughs> Just an example, okay? So, so guess what? Okay, I put an example. Kirsty does not do uh, refined sugar. So guess what we don't have in the house? Refined sugar. I have to drink my coffee, and if I want sugar, and I have to drink this nasty coconut sugar. It's gross. It's good, okay. <laughs> but what I'm trying to say, like, there's something. And if she don't like it, she don't like it, okay? And, 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 and she's like she, like, she wants to kill John the Baptist. So look, let's, let's, let's jump in the story. Mark, in the book of Mark, chapter 6, verse 17, 19. Look what it says. For Herod himself had given orders to have John arrested. She was like, I don't like him. Arrest him. So, so guess what he does? Arrest him. And he had him bound and put in prison. Talking about John the Baptist. He did this because of Herodias, his brother Philip's wife. That was the, the wife's name, the brother's wife, Herodias, whom he had married. For John had been saying to Herod, it is not lawful for you to have your brother's wife. So her Herodias nurse a grudge against John and wanted what? To what? To kill him. But she was not able to. Mm. I mean, gosh. So, so the lesson number one, guys, number one, let me, let me just give you and help you out tonight. Uh, do not make a woman mad, okay? <laughs> That's not my main point, but I just want to help you out. Is that good? Take me to dinner later. If you date somebody, do not make her mad because guess what? Girls, you know, they're crazy sometimes. <laughs> Look, like she wanted to kill him just for speaking the truth. And she wanted to kill him. I mean, this, the girls there smile, but they'll cut you. <laughs> I'm just, I got so many things I can say right now, but I'm not going to say it. <laughs> One, because my wife is not here. I could say it, but then I know uh, somebody will snitch on me and then go tell her I said that. So I'm not going to say it, okay? Um, 
but, but, but she was not able to, right? She, she wanted to kill John the Baptist, but she was not able to. Um, and, and what we've got is Herodias. She wants to kill John the Baptist. Here's like, hey, I, I don't like him either, okay? He makes me uncomfortable. He calls my sin out. He tells me things I don't want to hear. I don't like him either. But I know he's a prophet. I know he's a man of God. So I'm not going to kill him. I don't like him. I'm not going to kill him. She's like, you kill him. Kill no, I will arrest him. I don't like him. I'm not going to kill him. So, so Herod had this sense of like, he is a man of God, and he is following Jesus, so I'm not going to kill him. Uh, so, so, so if we take a step back, what, what do we have here? You got John the Baptist, the man who did nothing, right? Did he do something wrong, anybody? No, right? He didn't do anything wrong. He's just speak this, speaking the truth. He's crazy, right? He don't care. He's telling them exactly how it is, exactly how it is. So, but, 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 but he, and, and the thing about it is like, this was the story of his life. So John the Baptist is nothing. He, you see, the calling and the purpose of John the Baptist was to make a way and prepare a way for the Lord. That's his whole purpose. Whenever anyone says, I want to follow you, he said, no, don't follow me. Follow Jesus. Whenever he says, John the Baptist, you're awesome. No, no, it's not me. It's Jesus. That was his whole purpose, and he knew that. He knew that to the point where he felt unworthy to even baptize Jesus himself. Think about it. Think about it. So, so, so he even, Jesus comes in, into, into the Jordan and he's like, baptize me. And John is like, no, how can I baptize you? So his whole purpose, his whole mandate in life was just to make a way for Jesus. He stood up for the truth and he was in prison. Guess what? For speaking the truth. For standing up to for what he believes. For standing up for Jesus. So he's in prison, not because he deserved it. He was just doing things that... Did not fit people's agenda. And that got him in trouble. If I'm John the Baptist, I'm standing up for Jesus. Guess what, what I'm going to do? Guess what my expectation is going to be? Jesus, you got me, right? Anybody else with me or am I crazy? Right? If I'm doing what is right, if I'm not doing anything wrong, if I'm obeying Jesus and that gets me in trouble, guess what I'm going to do when I'm in trouble? Uh, uh, Jesus, you there, Joe? You know, I'm here because of you, Jesus. Anybody, or is this just me? Anybody with me here? Yeah, you get what I'm saying? John the Baptist is in prison. Guess what he's expecting? Oh, Jesus is doing all these miracles, right? Jesus is in the beginning of his ministry. Jesus is performing miracles, setting people free, healing people. And guess what? John the Baptist expects, uh, I'm good, right? I'm in prison for doing what is right. My cousin is Jesus. I, I know the dude, like, he's my... Blood, like literally blood, dude, like we know each other. You know what I'm saying? Like he's going to come for me, right? John is in prison waiting for Jesus to come and ends up waiting and waiting and waiting. And Jesus is nowhere to be found. Jesus did not break him out. Jesus did not send one of those newly Christians and pay them 50 bucks to go set John the Baptist free. He could have. He didn't set like nine foot tall angels to break John the Baptist out of prison. Jesus just kept doing his ministry. And John waited and waited and waited and waited. I, I want to ask you a question really quick. How many of you guys think like John's faith never unwavered? 
How many of you guys think like John's faith is stood up and he was like, I'm anybody. Come on, just, just be, be. You're like, you know, you hate responding questions from the preacher because you don't know where he's going, right? How many of you guys really truly believe that John the Baptist kept his faith? Anybody? Okay, okay. How many of you guys don't want to vote because you don't know where I'm going with this? There you go, okay. You, you're near. I want to show you that John, John the Baptist was actually human, just like you and I. He did what I probably I would have done, what probably you are doing or you're going to do. He would start to asking questions, and he would wonder, wait a minute, is, is Jesus really who, he, who we think he is? Is Jesus really who, who I thought he was? Matthew uh, reports this incident in his, in his gospel, Luke, Matthew chapter, uh, chapter 11, verse 2 and 3. When John, who was in prison, heard about the deeds of the Messiah, he sent his own disciples. John sent his disciples to ask Jesus, are you the one who is to come? Or should we wait for somebody else? Should we expect someone else? What is that telling you guys? That's his flesh coming out. That is his doubts coming out. He's in prison. He's in trouble. He did it for Jesus. He's speaking the truth. He didn't do nothing wrong. Jesus is nowhere to be found. And he's asking, are you the one or should I expect somebody else? Dude, tell me. Because I'm in prison. I have shackles on me. I have done nothing wrong, Jesus. You're my cousin. I have served you faithfully. I have baptized you. Where are you? Are you the one? I mean, Jesus is not even visiting him in prison. we got to tell you what's going on. He's healing people. It's amazing. His disciples come back and tell him. See, tell him John the Baptist is like, yo, let me tell you about this trick. Jesus is, yo, he turned water into wine. It was crazy. And John is like, he's turning water into wine, but he cannot set me free. I mean, come on. He heard about all of these deeds of the Messiah. And he sends the disciples to ask Jesus, hey, go find him. Him and whatever he is, and asking the question, Jesus, are you the one, or should we expect someone else? In other, way, in other words, I've been, I've been staying prepared. I've been out here saying, prepare the way. Maybe I was wrong. Jesus, I've been doing all of this, and, and you haven't come through me. Maybe you are not the one I thought you were. How did Jesus reply? Let me tell, let me tell you what Jesus did not say. Jesus did not say, hey, oh, sorry, bro, totally. I was. All right. Uh, oh, shoot. This is, you, you all give me the handheld. Y'all about to go, it's about to go down. Um, Kirsty hated it when I went back from handheld to the, to the thing. She was like, I just don't like whenever you have that thing on your ear. And then you're just clapping and doing all of this. I'm like, sorry. Anyways, so I'm not going to clap anymore. Let me tell you, though, what, you know, John the Baptist is like, are you the one? Let's rally back, rally back. How did Jesus reply? Je Jesus did not say, hey, of course I'm the one. Be cool. I'm going to be there at midnight, okay? And, and I'm going to break you out. I got you. He did not say, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to send a, a dudes of strong men, you know, like, 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 like Noah and Caleb, and they're going to 
get you out. You know, like, I, Jesus did not say, hey, he didn't even say, hey, I'm, I'm going to pay an attorney for to take you out. He didn't do any of that. He didn't, he didn't even say, of course, I'm the one. This is, this is how Jesus replied. Look, check it out. Jesus replied, go back and report to John what you hear and see. The blind receive sight. The lame walk. Those who have leprosy are cleansed. The deaf hear. The dead are raised. And the good news is proclaimed to the poor. Blessed is anyone who does not stumble on account of me. Wait. Jesus is continuing to push the message forward, doing miracles and doing what God sent him to do. John, he continues to wait faithfully, trying to believe in prison. I was going to title this message, Believing in Prison. But, 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 but I moved on, and, and, and I'm not even in my title, but, you know, don't, don't worry about it. We still have 90 minutes. I'm kidding, guys, kidding. Harris throws a, so, so, so what happens? So, so John is frustrated, and he's waiting, and he's like hearing all this message about Jesus. Jesus is nowhere to be found. Jesus say, hey, you want to know if I'm the one? The lame is walk, the lame are walk, people are healed, and the message of the gospel is going forward. And that's it. So what happens next is pretty crazy, okay? King Herod throws a party. Okay, if you think you've been in a party, you have not been in a party like this, okay? So, so he, he, he's throwing a huge party, and there's some drink involvement in that. And I don't know about you, but when there's some drink involvement, there's some crazy things that is happening. He's, things are happening, and he's drunk, and then his daughter is, is, is dancing, and he's so proud of this dance that she's doing. And, and then he gets so emotional, and he's like, my beautiful daughter, whatever you ask, I will give it to you. Wait a minute. What if somebody comes to you? you your dad is a, a king. I mean, if somebody, hey, whatever you want, I'll give it to you. Some of you guys, what would you do? Just, just, just give me a car. Or like, hey, give me gas money. Anybody? Gas money? Like, yeah, bro, you have unlimited funds for gas. Um, oh, you know, yeah, like I'm thinking an iPhone maybe. Like she would ask. And, and you know, she's a teenager. She, she doesn't know. She doesn't know what she wants. And it's crazy. And, 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 and she goes, whatever, daughter, whatever. And the craziest thing, the, the daughter goes to the mom. And you got to understand what the mom, the mom is crazy about just killing John the Baptist. And mom, I don't know what to, I don't, mom, I don't know what to ask for. My dad just asked me, I will ask whatever I wanted to. And guess what the mom says? Ask for John the Baptist's head. What? The party goes on, and, 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 then, and then the girl comes out, and, and listen, like, it's crazy. It's crazy. Look, look, uh, 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 she goes back to the dad and says, uh, hey, I want, um, I want John the Baptist's head. Can you imagine Carrie's reaction to this? Look, and now John, and then Herod is under pressure. Look what verse 26 uh, uh, says in 27. The king was greatly distressed, but because of his oath and his dinner guests, he did not want to refuse her. I mean, he's under pressure. His friends are over there. What is he going to do? And guess what happens? So he immediately sent an executor with orders to bring John's head. The men went, beheaded John. 
in prison. I told you this story does not end the way we think it was going to end. He goes and he brings back John's head in a platter. And, and the context of this is John the Baptist served Jesus faithfully. Always saying, I want to be less. I want him to increase. I'm even unworthy to untie his sandals. Follow him. Don't follow me. Follow Jesus. He is the one. I'm just here to prepare the way. Repent of your sins. Run towards Jesus. Jesus had the power to rescue him. And the guard went into John the Baptist's prison and brought back his head on a platter. That's that's when you look on and say, this does not fit my American version of the gospel. This does not fit what I think Jesus should do. Are you kidding me? And I touched this a couple weeks ago, that we serve Jesus and we come to Jesus expecting something from him. Really? This doesn't, Brian, this does not fit my version of Christianity. Where do I, my version of Christianity where I get the promotion, where I'm, I'm coming to church, I'm reading my Bible. Where is my paycheck? My account is still overdrawn. I need my account with a lot of zeros. Brian. This does not fit the fact that my family is sick and I've been praying for them to get healed. But they don't get, they don't get healed. They're getting worse. This is not, this is, Brian, this is not fit my praise report to my friends. Where is Jesus? This does not feel right. We can take a step back from it and let's disconnect from the emotion of the story. Because it's a pretty emotional story. And ask, what, what did this happen? Why? Here's what we do know. Is that John's the, John the Baptist's desire was fulfilled. John the Baptist preaching was fulfilled. John the Baptist's purpose was fulfilled. Guess what? He died because that was the purpose of God for his life. He prepared the way. And that is what Jesus confirmed right before he dies. He says, the lame walk, people are getting healed, and the message of the gospel is being proclaimed. Congratulations, John. Now you can be with the Lord Jesus Christ, with the God himself, and just see what happens because you prepare the way. Your purpose was fulfilled. Proverbs 19, 21 in the Old Testament describes this in a sense. And in this verse, it's so encouraging, but at the same time, so challenging. This is what it says. Many are the what? Come on, wake up. Many are the what? In a person's heart. Many are the plans. Anybody got plans? Anybody? Come on, raise your hand. Anybody have dreams? Anybody have plans for your life? Yeah. But, but look, many are the plans in your heart, but it is the Lord's what? That prevails. Huh. Many are the plans in John the Baptist's heart, but it was the Lord's purpose that prevails. Your job, guys, is not to change the world. Jesus already has. Your job is just to follow Jesus. 
I was telling you that what I have learned in the last year, and I can tell you to the very moment, with last year coming back from the airplane, I have been in Peru for almost three weeks now. And you know, whenever you lose somebody, um, it is crazy because uh, the anxiety and the depression that just gets into your heart and every night. And I would get up every night and I was just, my heart would be pumping up and I will just cry tears of just, what am I going to do now? How am I going to stand in a stage and encourage people that are coming to listen to the gospel and the good news of Jesus Christ? How am I going to do that? And I remember so clearly coming back from to the airplane, we were flying back and, and Kirsty turns to me and says, I'm scared. And I was just like, you're scared. Why? She's like, I'm scared that this may be the thing that will take you out. I'm scared of how, are you okay? And then I began to think. And I went through a thinking mode. And I still remember, like today. And I remember thinking, I was like, I have two paths I can choose right now. I just lost my father, my hero, the ones that I call. He called every day and we talked and, and we communicated. And he was one of the ones that encouraged me. And he was the one who was with me throughout it all. And I had two options. First option was I go crazy and then I go depressed and I go the route where I needed things to, to, to satisfy my soul and things that I, and you know that, to lean on to things that don't bring anything good into my heart and into my life. And at the, at the end of it all, my dad will still be dead. My dad, nothing in that road will not bring that back. Or I can go the route where I just obey Jesus one step at a time. And the outcome of that, guess what? It's not going to bring that back. Neither way brings that back. One way brings me down. Other way, I still step into the God-given purpose that it is for me. So that day, on that airplane ride, coming back, I said, you know what? There is something in my life because that taught me so much more for that. And he's in a better place that he is with, I mean, his, God's purpose for his life was fulfilled. I'm still alive. So that means God is not done with me yet. So why am I going to go into lean on things that don't bring any fulfillment into my life, nor my children, nor my legacy? Instead, I'm just going to obey Jesus one step at a time. And that moment changed everything about what it's about. I can save. I looked back on my year one year, and guess what? It's been one of those years that, yes, circumstances might not be the greatest, but the peace of God that surpasses all understanding has been through it all with me. And I can tell you this, guys. For some of you, you're dealing with so much anxiety, so much depression. You know the, the opposite of anxiety and depression is not peace? It's obedience. Do you want to battle anxiety? you want to battle depression? How are you doing with obeying God's command for your life? How are you tuning your ear? Are you saying, God, what is it about me? Oh, God, what do you want me to do? God, who do you want me to become? The opposite of anxiety is not peace. So peace is just the outburst of your obedience. Because guess what? When you obey God, guess what? There is a peace that comes into your heart. It's an outflow of your obedience. Guys, we need to wake up and to understand God's word is true. And that's my main point today. 
Let me tell you. How, how, Brian, how can I trust? How can I trust? That, how can I go from my plan to his purpose? How do I trust? How do I trust God in, in the midst of with my circumstances don't line up? How do I trust God coming back from an airplane, from a broken heart where I just lost my father, where things did not wait, where my prayers were not answered? How do I trust God in the midst of this? Well, you trust God because you put your trust in his word. How do I do that? It's here. It is written. God's word, it's true. And experience whether my experience lines up to God's word or not. God's word is true because God is always faithful. And you do not have to understand what's going on to continue to trust God. Many are the plans in a man's heart, in people's heart, in your heart. But it is God's purpose that prevails. And this is the biggest lesson I've learned this last year as I was grieving the death of my father. You don't have to understand God's plan to trust God's purpose. I want to put that in your heart in a way that you believe, that you believe, that you believe. Do not put your trust in your plans. You don't have to understand the plan to trust his purpose. If we can just understand these guys, you will go to bed with completely peace every day. That your plan may not be the way you thought it was going to be, but his purpose still prevails. That, your purpose, that the purpose of God for your life is more alive than ever. Your plan may not align to your plan, but his purpose is still there. Maybe he broke up with you. Well, good. That was just not part of the plan. It was part of your plan, but it was not part of his purpose. Can we truly trust and believe that the plans may change? And if you put your trust in your plan, guess what? Your peace is going to go like this. Because plan changed. Anybody's plan have changed and you started planning? Come on, y'all. And we keep continuing to put our energy, our efforts, our peace on our plans. Really? The Bible says do not put your trust in your plans because your faith will be unwavered. Your, your faith will be wavered. But if you put your trust in God's purpose, guess what your faith is going to look like? It's going to continually to grow because your faith is not afraid by what happens to you, but what God is doing through you. Do you get it? I'm preaching better than you're responding. I think you're just tired. Some of you guys, you're, you're going through them in the middle of a problem. Some of you guys, some very personal, very urgent problems. Some of you, you're praying for somebody that is sick, that you love, and they're not getting better. Some of you guys, in these holidays, you will have somebody empty in your table. Some chair will be at the table will be empty for, for those that, that, you know, there is nothing that you ever do to bring them back. You knew God could have healed them, but they weren't healed. Some of you, you've really worked hard and you're very good at your job, but the promotion never comes. And you're like, God, where are you? This does not fit my plan. Some of you guys, please, 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 I have seen this so many times. People leaving church, people leaving faith just because their plan did not go the way they thought it was going to go. Please, do not put your trust in your plans. 
Plans change. Circumstances change. But if we can learn to put our trust in his purpose, oh man, we will be Christians that will change the world. If we can learn to put our peace in his purpose, we'll be Christians with unwavered faith, with faith that it is so dangerous, that there is nothing that the enemy, there is nothing that the world can do to shake us up because we are, our foundation is not based on the waves or the wind, but our foundation is in the rock and the cornerstone who is Jesus Christ. You don't have to understand the plan to still trust God's purpose. He's still good. He will always be good. And he will never stop being good. And regardless to what you experience. John the Baptist is dead. Now he is, he is living in the fullness of the presence of God himself. God is still good. The news of Jesus Christ is proclaimed. John the Baptist just fulfilled his purpose. It was done. His purpose was done. Good. Well done. Good and faithful servant. See, you got to understand that we do not interpret the goodness of God through our circumstances. We interpret our circumstances through the goodness of God. We do not. We do not interpret the goodness of God through our circumstances. We interpret our circumstances through the goodness of God. We believe that God is still good. He is always good. God cannot do anything but good. We do not understand everything to continue to trust in God. But what happens when God does not make sense? He does not need to make sense for him to be God. If he actually made sense in your head, he will not be God at all. You know what sets Christianity apart? from any other religion, is that God does not make sense. Really, do you think that you can fit an all-knowing God, a God that created the galaxies, a star on your little tiny head? Really? The other religions are okay, and they're very comfortable into what they believe. We do not, and I'm okay with that, because that makes God God. you're like me you're like okay so Brian what's the plan I want to know the plan anybody want to know the plan I wish I could know the plan just tell me a plan I'm fine what's the plan Brian what's the plan I don't understand this plan this plan please tell me the plan you may ask what's the plan of God may may say trust trust my purpose many are the plans in a man's heart but it is the Lord's purpose that prevails so my faith is no longer in my plan. My faith is in his purpose. My faith is not my plan on the things that I would like to see happen in my life. This is how I think things should happen. But my faith is not in my plan. My faith is in God's purpose. Whenever God uh, doesn't make sense in your head and you cry out and say, God, heal somebody. Do a miracle. Let me tell you what. Many times God will hear that prayer. And God will listen to what you're asking him to do. Many times God is going to give you the desires of your heart. And I pray that he does. Trust me. Trust me. I'm right now, guys. I cannot wait. To, I cannot tell you the whole story, okay? But we're in the midst of a process. I'm this close to my prayer that I've been praying for nine years. 
nine years in the making and I'm seeing God doing and open doors that I have never seen open and he's opening the heavens of blessings and there will be times that you will experience that I'm experiencing that right now right now in this moment in the midst of all this preaching there's a lot of things going on and I cannot wait to tell you what's happening fully but let me tell you something there will be times in your life don't get me wrong that God will do things for your life that you've asked for even if it takes nine years it's awesome it is great God is good too and it's amazing what he can do and he will provide things in a miraculous way you will see the goodness of God displayed in a ways when he answers your prayer and that's even more than you can imagine our God is that good. Anybody believe that? Anybody has experienced that before? I know I'm in the midst of that, and that is amazing. But there will be other times, guys, that when your plans and your prayers don't go exactly as you think they're going to go, man, that you're going to, try, you're going to have to believe this. Many are the plans in your heart, but it is his purpose that prevails. Yes, God is going to answer sometimes your prayers. God is going to give you that man with a six-pack that you've been praying for for 10 years. Or maybe not. You're like, I didn't pray for a six-pack. I just want a good man. But there will be times where your faith is going to be tested. You know why he tests your faith? Because he wants your faith to last and to endure. Because if you put your faith on things that go unchanging, your faith is not going to last. If you put your faith on his purpose, you're going to make it. You are going to make it through. Christ is my firm foundation. Do you, do you truly believe that? Do you? Or do you like, my plan is my firm foundation. I have plans that make a lot of sense. I'm not going to go in under. Right? I don't even know the lyrics anymore. We never interpret God's goodness through our lens of our circumstances. We always interpret circumstances through God's purpose. If you don't understand this, the plan, and to this day, I don't understand. I can be honest with you. Can I be honest with you for a second? I'm, I'm, I'm done. Nathan, you can come up here. Um... I still don't understand why God had to take my dad. There's a lot of wrestling that goes in my mind and in my heart, if I'm honest with you. And it hits me every other week. I'm like, ha, ah, I miss him. God, I wish I could call him. It's been a year, and the feeling does not go away. I was literally crying in Pastor Ken's office a couple weeks ago, and I was just like, I miss him. And I was asking questions. I was like, is there something open in my heart? Like, have I had closure? And he was like, no, you're just a human. Humans hurt. And I will do anything, anything to do whatever it takes just for one more conversation, one more hug, one more I love you, one more, hey, you got this. And one more, hey, you got 100 bucks you can send me so I can take your mama to dinner? been a year right now where I don't understand the, the, the 
plan. I prayed for seven years. He dealt with kidney disease, and I prayed, and I was just like, God, heal him, please. I've seen you. I, I've seen the lame walk. I've seen, I've seen testimonies of healing. Would you please do that with my dad? He's in pain. And every night for seven years that he dealt with that disease, uh, I would cry out to God. I would say, God, uh, I want his pain, God. I want him to be healed. And I'm preaching today from a place of peace. Trust me. I know it seems like a lot. Of, I cry a lot and I'm hurting a lot, but I have peace inside. It surpasses all understanding. Why? Because God answered my prayer. Not in the way that I thought. Not in the way my plan was. But he answered it. And he took that and he took his pain. And I just have to be okay with the fact that my dad's purpose on earth was fulfilled. My plan might have not, but his purpose was. And I can tell you a year on the making, I can tell you and I can be secure and I can assure you guys that if you stay faithful, he will give you the desires of your heart. And he will bring a peace that surpasses all understanding. So I've learned these things. And I, I, just, I, I know I said I'm done, but take this to your heart. Whenever you go through circumstances that challenge you, through you, when your plans are being challenged, know this. How do, how do I stay in his purpose? Give me practicality. I'll give it to you. Number one, you've got to stay connected. That was one of my slides, by the way, guys. Number one, you've got to stay connected. How do I stay connected? Come to church. Grow in your faith. Even when you don't feel like coming to church, come to church. Number two, stay rooted. Be relationships with people. Look around you. There is people around you. Build relationships with them. Number three, stay faithful. Stay faithful. So stay connected and stay rooted. And stayed faithful. That's what I've done for the last year. And I can tell you, I'm grateful. Because what the enemy meant to take me out, God used it to bring me in. And I'm more passionate than ever to spread the gospel and said, Hey, I'm going to keep the legacy that that taught me. Because you know what? He is well. He is done. He is whole. He is enjoying the presence of God himself. Now, I got to do my part. I got to fulfill my purpose. Hey, my plan might have changed, but my purpose prevails. So I'm going to put my faith, my trust, my peace in, in the one who had conquered the grave. And guess what? I'm not going to choose things that don't bring fulfillment. I'm going to choose him and him alone that whatever happens I'm gonna go and I'm gonna chase after him because I'm not here to make you feel good I am here to fulfill my purpose and I hope that you grab a hold of that tonight I love you guys and I believe more than ever that the best is yet to come stay connected stay rooted and stay faithful would you stand up with me and I'm this is my last close, and I have seven of them. You're like, oh, blah, 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 Brian. I've, you know, whatever. Oh, praise the Lord. You know, more than anybody, Jesus himself 
experience what I just shared with you guys tonight. Jesus experienced almost the same thing John the Baptist experienced. Fast forwarding just a bit, Jesus was in the Garden of Gethsemane. And there was so much anxiety, so much pressure in his, in his life that Jesus began to just take up blood tears coming out of his thing because just the pressure and the anxiety that he was under. When he knew the cross was before him, he cried out to God. He says, my God, my God, would you please remove this cup from me? In other, in other words, he was talking about the cup of suffering. He was like, would you remove this cup from me, Lord? I don't like it. This plan, I don't like this plan. Is there any other way? Jesus himself said that. God, this is Jesus' humanity exposed at its best. He is like, if there is any other way, God, if there is any other plan, God. But here is the, here is the, the breakout point. Here is the breakthrough point. He says, nevertheless. Some of you guys need to, to, need to just memorize that word. Nevertheless. Come on, say it. Nevertheless. Come on, nevertheless. Nevertheless. He essentially says, not my plan, but your purpose. Think about that. Think about not my will, but your will be done. God, if there's any other way through the cross, but, but God, if you give me the grace, that Father, not my plan, but your purpose. If you know what happened, make mankind beat the mess out of him, the life out of God's own son. They beat him. He was unrecognizable, just blood everywhere from the things he had done. I mean, just, just, I mean, they beat him almost dead. Drove stakes just through his wrist and through his feet and hung him naked upon a cross to shame him for your sins, for my sins. He did not deserve the cross. We did. You did. did it because he loved you and he was on naked upon the cross and he looked up and he said father father why have you forsaken me that was a moment where God's presence was away from Jesus because they had to have see Jesus had God had to put his wrath his anger on Jesus because he was the perfect sacrifice a sinless person there is nothing you would ever do to earn your way to salvation only through Jesus only through Jesus so God had to do that because there had there was no other way Jesus was the bridge between sinful us and holy God in that moment, Jesus says, Dad, why have you forsaken me? Why don't you speak? Why are you silent? Why are you absent? Why are you distant? The same prayer is your prayer. He prayed it on the cross. Don't you ever think that what you're going through is too much for the things Jesus went through. Jesus prayed the same prayer you and I have prayed for years. Where are you, God? Why have you forsaken me, Father? I'm your son. Why did you take my father out? Why am I dealing with anxiety, Father? 
What am I dealing with depression? Why am I addicted to drugs? Why am I the one? Have you forsaken me, Lord? Jesus prayed it that day in the cross. Why are you silent? But God being silent does not mean he's absent. Here we are more than 2,000 years later. Everything that our faith clinches on, hangs on, centers around a moment where God seemed inattentive, where God seemed absent. Our faith clinches onto that because you know what God says? I'm yours. You will be done for my life, not my will, but your purpose. And Jesus died that day. But the story of the gospel does not end there. So my friend, if tonight, if you're like Brian, I have put my faith on my circumstances. I need to put my faith on Jesus. See, some of you guys need to make a step and to surrender your life completely. Because that's what, what Jesus says. If you want to be saved, guess what? Repent of your sins. Believe in my sacrifice as a total payout for what you've done for what you've done and now believe in me and follow me that's all that's all you know why because Jesus yes he died that day but three days he rose from the grave and I am grateful because that shows me that it was God's plan and God's purpose that prevailed through it all the enemy might have won that battle but he did not win the won the war it was just part of God's purpose Jesus' death was pain of God's purpose to give you freedom, to give you an eternal home forever and ever and ever. And that's the purpose of some of you guys here tonight that you've never surrendered your life to Jesus. So what I want to do is I want to give you an opportunity to do that and to put your faith, not in your circumstances, but on Jesus. He loves you. He died for you. He loves you. He would rather die than to be without you. Isn't that awesome? I don't know about you, but that gives me faith to believe that the best is yet to come. Would you bow your heads and just close your eyes? Nobody's looking. I just want you to know, maybe some of you guys have been waiting for your surrender just because you want to get your life together. You say, Brian, let me get my life together before I agree my life. No, no. God is not looking for your perfection, guys. He's just looking for your obedience. You want to be set free how much are you willing to obey him so if that's you this is your first step of obedience and if God is knocking in the heart in your heart right there your door in your heart right now and he's saying hey would you just open your heart I want to be with you I want to have a relationship with you and if you want to have a relationship with God tonight I want to lead you into a prayer but I want to know who I'm praying for and what I'm praying with so would you just just raise your hand right now if you say Brian I'm willing to surrender my life to Jesus tonight would you just lift up your hand nobody's looking I see your hand I see your hand and if that's you I'm gonna give you a little a few more moments a few more seconds if that's you and Jesus is saying hey I, that's you would you just lift up your hand nobody's looking around I see your hand I see your hand a few more moments a few more times God is in this place and he loves you. God bless you. God bless you. 
don't walk out of this place without knowing where you will spend eternity. I love what Pastor Brent says, 99% sure is 100% lost. Just put your hand up where I can see it. I see it. God bless you. God bless you. If you lift up your hand, what I would just want to do, I just want you to repeat this prayer after me. There's nothing, nothing, nothing magical about the, the words that are about to come out of your mouth, but it's just where your heart is. And let me tell you just something. This would be the greatest decision you will ever make. So if that's you and you want to, just want to accept that relationship with Jesus, just say this after me. Say, Jesus, I'm a sinner. I recognize that I've tried to do it by myself. I'm sorry for putting my faith in my circumstances. Tonight, I put my faith in your purpose. I believe you came, you died, and you rose from the grave for me. I give you everything. I surrender everything. Thank you. I believe you are God. I'm your child. I cannot wait to spend eternity with you. Thank you. I love you because you love me first. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, can we give God praise tonight for those who... I'm so proud of you. And you know what I'm talking about. If you lift up your hand, that is the greatest decision you will ever make in your life. What I wanted to do next is what I want to do is I, there's silent and Aaron all the way in the back. Everybody, if you can see them all the way over there. If you lift up your hand right now, I want you to, at the end of the service, I want you to come and tell them. What we just want to do is we just want to get you some information to get you started in this awesome walk of Christ. And I'm just telling you something. This is the greatest decision of your life. You can get out of here to know that you are and your eternity is paid for and your circumstances may change, but your Savior doesn't. So come tell us. It will be the. It will be just. It, we're just so excited. We're so happy for you. I love you guys so much, and I believe with all my heart that the best is yet to come. Can I pray for you before I get out of the stage? And would you just put your hands out, just uh, receiving something from your heavenly Father? I'm just gonna pray a blessing over your life, Father. I thank you so much for every single person in this room, Lord. That at the sound of my voice, God. Father, I pray that they will remember this message, Father, whenever they're dealing with circumstances that's not fed their agenda. God, I pray that they will know that you will whisper the words that you have placed in our hearts tonight, God. That we don't trust our plan. We trust the one who makes the plan. The one who makes our purpose. The one who brings life into dead things, God. That when we are being buried, God, that we're not being buried. We're just being planted. So I pray that you will increase their faith to be believe God that you have their best interest at hand God we make a commitment to you tonight not to put our faith in what we think and what we know and what we feel but we make a commitment to you tonight God that we put our faith and our trust in you Jesus Holy Spirit help them Holy Spirit guide them Holy Spirit bring them peace God bless their lives and let the prayers that they are praying God may be answered according to your will to your purpose and we'll be careful to always always give you the glory the honor ever amen can we give god praise tonight
Come on, guys. We give God praise tonight. Come on. Come on. Thank you, Lord. 